0: I know it's not Veterans Day, but I have a real treat for you if you're a veteran or a family member of a veteran. Today's guest is Tony Bevan, and he's going to talk to us about a little-known benefit that's available to veterans.
1: Talking with people about how to have a great retirement. This is the Rock Your Retirement Show. We don't talk about money, but we talk about almost everything
0: else you need to rock your retirement. Now, here's your host, Kathy Klein. Welcome to Rock Your Retirement. This is the show where we talk about what you need before you retire, except money. If you're already retired, we can give you some great ideas on how to have a better retirement. And remember, there is more to retirement than money. Also, if you'd like to have a more interactive experience, join our private Facebook group by searching for Rock Your Retirement Community on Facebook. Today is the day where we remember the veterans who have died fighting for our freedoms. They have passed away so that you and I can live in freedom. This show, however, is dedicated to the veterans that are still living. So I'm honoring our living veterans by bringing Tony Bevan onto the show to talk about some veterans benefits that you might not be aware that you have. And of course you know that this show is pre-recorded, so both Tony and I are spending the day with our friends or maybe our families. Tony, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Well, I am so glad that you agreed to come on today to explain to our veteran listeners and their families about benefits that they might not know they have. What's the number one benefit that veterans don't realize they're eligible for?
1: It's the aid and attendance benefit, also known as pension.
0: Oh, pension. Okay. So how does that work?
1: The VA will pay for unreimbursed medical expenses for a veteran or their spouse if they have unreimbursed medical expenses. So if they have a caregiver, and insurance isn't paying for it, they will provide income to help pay for that caregiver.
0: Is it usually used for caregivers, or is it used for other types of expenses?
1: Other types of expenses would would include a board and care or assisted living.
0: Okay, so it's not really for like open-heart surgery or something like that?
1: No, but there's other benefits that would cover that sort of surgery. The VA, what they look at is what is an unreimbursed medical expense for a caregiver. So if they need somebody in the home or if they need somebody to be in a boarding care or assisted living, the VA will help pay that expense. And a veteran with one dependent is eligible for up to $2,120 a month, and that's tax-free.
0: Wow, that's incredible, especially considering that a caregiver usually costs more than that here in San Diego.
1: They do. The way that the VA looks at it is what the assets consist of, the income and the cost of care. So if the cost of care is more than the income, that person would be eligible for the full benefit. But on the other hand, if you have too much in the way of assets, uh, stocks, bonds, mutual funds, things of that nature, you're not going to be eligible for the benefit until you've spent most of that money. Most of the things you read online will tell you that, if you have 80000 or less, you will be eligible for the benefit. But we found that that's not entirely true all the time. So you need to know that there are ways to legally reposition those assets and then get the VA eligibility so you don't have to spend them all. And that's particularly important if you have a well spouse at home.
0: So if your spouse is not ill but you are, then chances are you're going to be spending a lot of money on the care, and that's when you get the $2,100. Do I understand that correctly? Yes,
1: you do. So what they're going to look at is how much that caregiver is costing you, and, again, they're going to look at your income, and if that cost of care is more than the income, then you'll be eligible for the full benefit. It's important to note too, that the caregiver can be a family member. It cannot be the spouse but a child, or friend can be the caregiver.
0: Oh, that's really interesting. So your child can be your caregiver and can get some of that money from the veteran. Well, you would get the money from the Veterans Association and then you would give it to them. Is that how it works? Yes. Oh, that's pretty awesome. So I'm assuming that most people in California, if they have a home, they're not eligible. Is that how?
1: The home is exempt as long as you're living in it. Now, the VA is actually tr- going to be changing that from what we're told so that, Even if you're not living in it, it will still be exempt. But right now they're saying that uh, if you're not living in it, it's not an exempt asset and you can go get a loan or sell it and use that money to pay for your care. But the home could be transferred out of your name and then you can get the VA benefits. The assets also include stocks, bonds, mutual funds, things of that nature that may need to be transferred out of your name as well. There are ways to do that legally, and we can guide people on how that can be done.
0: Okay, so this isn't really a finance show, but I'm finding this to be extremely interesting. I have a lot of people out there, especially in San Diego, that are veterans. So how does that work? Are you an attorney, Tony?
1: No, I'm a financial advisor, and what I help people do is just take a look at what their assets consist of and what needs to be done and repositioning them. I do work with attorneys. I don't practice law, I don't give legal advice, but I've been doing this for over 22 years and understand what needs to happen. Most of the attorneys will do the trust work and then I will guide my clients on all the asset transfers and the application process.
0: Now, what happens when your money goes into a trust? Does that mean you can't get it?
1: No, not at all. The trust is just a place for the money to be. It's more like just changing pockets.
0: So Tony, my husband's a veteran. What is the criteria for getting onto this program? The
1: criteria consists of the veteran being active duty for at least 90 days and at least one day during wartime with an honorable discharge. You do not have to have physically been in the war, but just active duty during the war. And then they also look at the assets. A lot of times people think that they have too much to qualify, but the assets can be repositioned so they can qualify. Another part of the criteria is the income. If you have too much income, you won't be eligible. But sometimes the cost of care can be increased to get that unreimbursed medical expense higher so you can qualify for the full benefit. And that's the biggest part of it is the care. And then also the application needs to be filled out correctly. A lot of times you'll hear people saying that it takes over a year to get the VA application approved, not if it's filled out correctly. That means that you have to have all the blanks filled in, either non- none, not applicable, zero. And then the VA will take a look at it and hopefully process it quickly. But if you put in a a description of the disability, maybe say you got shot in the leg, that's not going to be enough. You would have to say what the disability is as a result of that injury. And that's how they look at these applications in order to, to get them approved quickly. And if you don't again, if you don't fill them out correctly, then it's liable to take over a year. If you do it correctly, maybe three or four months.
0: Okay, that's good to know. So three or four months, if you've completed the form correctly, and over a year, if you've left one blank space.
1: Could be. All right, because then it goes to another desk and they're going to send out another letter requesting the documentation.
0: Now, I've been hearing a lot on the news lately uh, about veterans having to wait a long time for care. Is this related to that at all or is this a different program than what they're talking about on the news? It's a
1: different program. So the application has to be filled out completely when it is submitted. If you leave blanks, there's a real good probability that that application will take over a year to make that person eligible because they need to have all the supporting information on the disability that you're claiming in order to get the benefit.
0: And also probably because the people who are sitting behind the desk are bureaucrats, right?
1: (laughs) I don't know (laughs) about that. But they're, they're, (laughs) they're going to be very diligent in making sure that every blank is filled in with a zero, none, not applicable, things of that nature. And they also want to know about the disability you're claiming in detail. There's a number of forms that need to be filled out. There's there's a caregiver expense report. There's the physician's report. And these boxes that they have them checked, a lot of the questions are yes or no, but they want to have a description. They want them to write down what it is that they're claiming is the reason for them not being able to transfer. Most of okay. what they're looking for is this person needs to live in a protected environment.
0: Okay, that, that makes sense. Does, does it count if somebody has PTSD? Does that count as a disability?
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: We see that a lot here just because we're so close to military here in San Diego. Okay, well that's, that's good to know and it sounds like a lot of the applications take a long time because the person didn't have someone to help them that knew what they were doing.
1: Usually, yes. Uh, it's not rocket science. Basically, again, it's just filling out all the documentation that they've given you, all the applications correctly. And there's about eight different forms that need to be filled out. Uh, but again, if it's done the correct way, you should have it approved within three to four months.
0: That's good to know. Now, is this similar to MediCal?
1: MediCal is a whole different arena where VA does not have a look-back period. In other words, if you i would mentioned that you can transfer your assets out of your name in order to get the VA eligibility. You can do that right away. medi has a look-back period, and that's the most misinterpreted rule there is. It's a 30-month look-back period. Most of the publications you'll read will state if you've transferred any assets in the past 30 months, you will be ineligible for medi I'll tell you what it should say, and then I'll tell you what it means in plain English. It should okay. say... If you've transferred any assets in the past 30 months, you will be ineligible for Medi-Cal if you apply prior to the period of ineligibility expiring. And what that means is that they want to know about the transfer. So if you've transferred $8,000 yesterday, it would have no period of ineligibility because it's under the threshold, and that threshold is referred to as the average private pay rate in California which is eight thousand one hundred and thirty-nine dollars a month. So if you make a- wait a
0: second, let's let's go back. Did you say the average private pay rate is over eight thousand dollars a month?
1: It's actually eight thousand one hundred eighty-nine dollars a month in California. That
0: is a lot of money. It is. Is that, is that for full-time care yes. or?
1: Yes. Wow. That would be so- a skilled nursing facility.
0: Oh, so that's in a a, a skilled like a, a nursing home.
1: Exactly.
0: So that's not somebody coming to your home?
1: No, but it could still be that high depending on the level of care that you need.
0: Wow. Would you say that in-home care is typically more expensive than living in a facility or is it less expensive?
1: It can go either way because it depends on the level of care that you need. Most of the caregiving agencies that I have been aware of, charge an average of about $5,000 a month for full-time care. Some are a lot
0: more. That is a lot of money. It is. So it is so important that our veterans know that there's help for them. There is. Because you can go through your life savings very quickly spending $5,000 a month on care.
1: Absolutely. And a lot of times people will wait until their money's almost gone before they'll apply for the benefit. A lot of times they don't even know the benefits available for them and they end up going to a nursing home.
0: Right. That's why we want to get the word out to our veterans that there is a program that can help them.
1: Absolutely.
0: So tell me again, because I, I don't think I quite have it in my head, the benefit of veterans benefits over Medi-Cal. And for, for my listeners who are not in California, Medi-Cal is our California version of Medicaid. The main benefit of veterans over MediCal is the fact that there's no 30 month look back. It, am I understanding that correctly?
1: The, the fact is, is there's no look-back period for VA, but there is for MediCal. If they have too much in the way of assets, they can reposition those assets and then qualify for the VA benefit.
0: Okay, and you do MediCal benefit planning as well, right? Absolutely. So what will give you a bigger benefit, veterans or Medi-Cal, or can you do them at the same time?
1: That's a very good question. It really depends on your income and the cost of care. Sometimes even with the full benefit through the VA of $2,120 a month, when you add that to their existing income, uh, usually their existing income consists of Social Security and a small pension. That's not enough to get them their income up to the $8,000 a month. Keep in mind that $8,189 a month is a average cost for a skilled nursing facility. So what I'm saying is, is that if a person needs to be at home, maybe that amount of money from the VA will be enough to subsidize their income so they could stay at home. But if the level of care that is needed meant that they have to go to a skilled nursing facility, even with the full VA benefit, it's not enough to pay for that hospital bill. So the thing to keep in mind too is if there's a well spouse at home, they still have their expenses. So then you would want to look at Medi-Cal because just the income is considered for Medi-Cal qualifying purposes. So if there's a well spouse at home, that person is allowed to have uh, about $3,000. So if there's an income of say $5,000 total income for a couple. And one of them has to go to a nursing home. The well spouse at home gets to keep three thousand of that, and two thousand would have to be paid to the nursing home. That's referred to as a share of cost. So it's, you would want to transition from the VA benefit to MediCal should the need arise for a skilled nursing facility. That's why your advisor should be well versed in both VA and MediCal benefits.
0: Okay. So let me get this straight. I want to make sure I heard you correctly. MediCal does not consider your assets only your income
1: they'd consider your assets also so if you have okay. too much then you're gonna to need to you may need to reposition them just like you would have for the VA benefit but the well spouse at home is allowed to have about a hundred and twenty thousand dollars what's referred to as non-exempt assets so the home is exempt they can have a hundred and twenty thousand dollars say in a bank account and they could get eligibility for their spouse but okay. if it's a single person then they're only allowed to have $2,000. So if they've still got 120000 in their name, that means that they'd have to reposition that money out of their name or spend it until it's gone. Most of the time, there's somebody that is helping them uh, with their finances and caregiving. So if, even if a person goes to a nursing home and they transfer that money out of their name, it has to be done a certain way for it to be legal and for it to work they'll still have that money available to them to use for that person's benefit. I have one client that was paying over 15000 a month for her mom in a nursing home. The reason oh, for that, money. well, they were they were paying for the nursing home, which was about 8000 a month, and then they were also paying for a full-time caregiver to be there just to be with her. And so anyway, we got the Medi-Cal eligibility. That paid for most of the Cost of the nursing home, and then she still had a caregiver in there for her. She was very wealthy, but we still saved her uh, five or six thousand a month on the cost of the skilled nursing facility because she was able to get Medi Cal eligibility.
0: Okay, well, that's really interesting because I would think just as a lay person, that you would have to be completely destitute that you couldn't make five or 6000 a month and be eligible for Medi-Cal, but it sounds like you might be able to depending on your expenses.
1: You can. Assets, too, sometimes can be repositioned, and the income could come to the well spouse at home. A lot of people don't realize that the well spouse at home can have any amount of income. It could be 15000 a month. And just the income for the institutionalized spouse goes to pay for the care at the nursing home.
0: Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. I didn't know that. So yeah. is that also for veterans benefits or just for medical? Just medical. And And all states aren't the same. So that's correct, right? That's
1: co- absolutely correct. The state of California hasn't adopted the Deficit Reduction Act, so we can still reposition assets, and qualify for the Medi-Cal benefits under the existing rules or old rules. The new rules, we don't know when they're going to be implemented here in California. We do know that they will be eventually, but it's going to change the way that assets can be repositioned.
0: Do you think that if, let's say somebody is on Medi-Cal because they've worked with you or somebody like you, they've repositioned their assets, and now they're getting $4,000 4000 a month or 3000 a month or whatever it is to help pay for their care, and then a, a new law passes, could they be in jeopardy?
1: We've been told that they will grandfather anything that comes in prior to the rule being changed.
0: Okay. Well, that's good to know. As long as you get in before the law changes, you'll most likely be grandfathered is what you're saying, Absolutely, right? yes. Okay. Now, tell me more about this spouse versus person who needs care. So let's say that my husband and I are married and let's say he has social security only and I have my my work. Okay. And so let's say his social security is 2000 a month. And then let, are IRAs exempt or are they included in the mix?
1: That's another good question. The IRAs are exempt for Medi-Cal purposes, but not for VA. Oh. So
0: okay.
1: if you have a uh, IRA that is producing an income, we always tell our clients that in order for the IRA to be exempt, they have to be taking the required minimum distributions. So a lot of the times the clients are taking more than that. So we tell them to drop it down because this income counts against them for Medi-Cal purposes as far as how much they would have to pay as a share of cost. Now, the VA, on the other hand, they don't allow the IRA to be exempt at all.
0: This sounds really complicated. I'm glad that you're here to explain this to my listener. Thank, Thank you. you. Let's see. I'm I'm working. My husband's on Social Security. I can make as much money as I want, but his income is limited. And IRAs don't count against you for medical, but they do for veterans benefits. Did I get that right? Yes, absolutely. Yay, I get a star for the <laughs> yeah, day. I'm so excited. Can the cost of a long-term care insurance policy be used towards being able to be eligible for this benefit? A lot of times these policies are very expensive.
1: Unfortunately not, but the long-term care policies are a great benefit to have. If you are healthy enough to qualify for one, I would recommend getting it if you can afford it.
0: Oh, a lot of people can't though because many times these policies are, you know, $10,000 a year I know that the last time yeah the last time I did a quote for myself it was over $10,000 and I'm 50 so (laughs) I can't even imagine it's funny I hear radio talk show hosts that talk about money talk about not getting a policy until you're age 60 and I'm thinking there's no way that somebody's going to be able to afford a long-term care policy when they're 60. (laughs) That's
1: true and it's unfortunate. That's why yeah. these benefits are even more important for those that can't afford the benefit of having a long-term care policy. So if they yeah. get, if they know about the pension through the VA or MediCal, should the need arise for care, then there are other avenues. And MediCal, you don't just have to be in a nursing home. The state of California has different areas, and fortunately, San Diego was one of them where they have what's called the Assisted Living Waiver Program. And that's to help people stay out of nursing homes and into a better environment because nursing homes are hospitals. So it's better to be in an assisted living facility where they have more programs and things of that nature, and it's it's comfortable.
0: Wait a minute. The Assisted Living Waiver Program, tell me what that is.
1: It's a program that's available for individuals that would need to be in a nursing home otherwise. So if they can be moved to an assisted living facility, the cost for the county, for the state, is less than it is for a nursing home. So they've come up with this program that allows people to move into these assisted living facilities. They do have to be Medi-Cal approved and cost of care is a lot less.
0: So can they go to any facility that has an approval? Like, how does this work?
1: They have to, the, the facility themselves have to be approved as a Medi-Cal facility. So not all assisted living facilities are Medi-Cal approved. So you do have to go to one of those facilities.
0: What other questions should I be asking you about this program? It's So interesting. I know I'm probably forgetting something, and I don't want my listeners to write me and say, Why didn't you ask Tony about this?
1: Well, I'm glad you asked that question because I want to tell your listeners about the annuity salesmen that are approaching them saying they do not charge a fee to get their client eligibility for VA benefits. What they're doing is if a person has too much in the way of assets, remember I'd said you can just transfer the asset to a trust right. or to an individual if you chose to, the annuity salesman is putting that money into an annuity, which is an, invest, an investment through an insurance company. They're getting very high commissions. And if you need to get at the money, some of these annuities have a 20% early withdrawal or surrender charge in the first year. So what happens is, is let's say the the veteran is at home and the level of care changed. Well, they needed more money. The money that was put into this annuity they have to take out, and they're going to be paying the early withdrawal or surrender charges, and that didn't need to happen. What we tell people to do is they transfer that money into just a regular bank account. It's liquid. It's available. So the cost of care will always be able to be taken care of without any surrender charges or any withdrawal charges. So the annuities are a problem.
0: Okay, so annuities are a problem because of the potential surrender charges and your services and other people that do it the way you do charge a fee. So you should expect to pay a fee for your assistance. Is that
1: correct? you can expect to pay a fee for our consultations. You cannot charge to do a VA application, but we can charge to...
0: For your knowledge. In other words, if somebody is offering a, quote, free service, they're most likely uh, selling annuities. Yes. And the reason why that might be a problem is because your care might change and you might have to pay a surrender charge to get your money out.
1: Exactly.
0: Okay. But I, I'm glad I'm getting this. Yes.
1: <laughs> yes. People that are doing that, I've attended some presentations and what they're telling the veterans in the room is not totally true. It's, it's non-disclosure in my eyes. There's, what they are saying is that we can get you VA benefits and they do get that person VA benefits. That's their claim to fame but they put that money, again, into these annuities. The additional problems come when there's a higher level of care needed, like in a skilled nursing facility. So then if you wanted to get medical, well, that money was put into this annuity in one lump sum, so you're going to have that 30-month look-back period. And if you try to take that money out, you're also going to have these huge surrender charges from the insurance company. So, if the transfers were done correctly prior to the need for the VA benefit, they would be eligible for the medi benefit when the need arose instead of having to take the money out of an insurance product and paying those surrender charges and then paying a fee for somebody to do the transfers of that money in order to get Medi-Cal eligibility.
0: Okay, so let me get this straight. Again, I want to make sure that I'm understanding correctly the reason why that doesn't work in that situation is because annuities are exempt when it comes to VA but not MediCal, is that correct?
1: The annuities can be exempt for MediCal also, but the problem is with that is they would have to annuitize this annuity in order to keep from paying the high surrender charges, but then all the income from that annuity would go to pay the bill at the nursing home. And You wouldn't have had to do that if the money was repositioned correctly to begin with.
0: Okay. So now I'm getting it. So the reason why annuities aren't as good of a choice as a trust is because, number one, you might need that money. And there's a way to get to it, I'm assuming, if it's in a trust? Yes. And Okay. And number two, there's no surrender charges on a trust, and there can be on an annuity. Did I get that right?
1: Yes, absolutely. You get another start.
0: Oh, awesome! I'm so glad. This is very complicated. I can certainly understand why veterans and people who are looking to get some help with long-term care would contact you. So, Tony. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Is there anything else that you'd like to say before we wrap this up?
1: There is. One thing would be for your listeners to pre-plan. That would be if something were to happen, a relative or a loved one would have the ability to reposition assets in order to get eligibility for either one of these programs. Sometimes just having a power of attorney is all that's needed. And it just makes whoever is in charge of taking care of your finances lives a lot easier when they have the ability to, to handle uh, assets.
0: Well, that's good to know. And I'm really glad that my husband and I have these power of attorneys. We have a trust set up, not for the purposes of medical or veterans benefits, but we have a trust set up because the two of us have no children. So we wanted to make sure that our beneficiaries get the money when we both pass away. But Tony, all this sounds so complicated. I am so glad that you came on today to explain this to my listeners.
1: want to thank you very much for giving me the opportunity to educate some of the veterans.
0: Absolutely. And again, thank you for coming on the show. You've given us a lot of value today. I really hope the word spreads about Veterans Benefits to the veterans that are listening. You can reach Tony by going to VABenefitsOnline.com. Once again, that's VABenefitsOnline.com. For you, my listener, I hope that you enjoyed today's episode and I'll see you next week on Rock Your Retirement.
1: Thanks for listening to the Rock Your Retirement Show. If you are rocking your retirement or know someone who would make a great guest on our show, please send us an email at podcast at rockyourretirement.com.
0: Are you buried in information regarding Medicare health insurance? Have you gotten a four-inch stack of mail regarding Medicare? Do you wish that you could find an experienced agent who works with multiple companies to assist you or your loved one? You're in luck. Medicare Quick starts each prospective client with a 20-minute informational webinar that describes the difference between Medicare Advantage Plans and Medicare Supplement Insurance Plans. Then, after you understand what type of plan matches your lifestyle, we help you decide which company suits your individual needs. Call 866 445 6683 for more information, or go to the website medicarequick.com. Mention the word ROCK and we'll send you a cool stylus pen just for calling. Medicare Quick is not connected with the federal Medicare program. Medical insurance licensed in the states of California, Florida, Nevada, and Texas, and Medicare Advantage and Prescription Drug Plan service areas vary. California license number zero seven nine seven five six six. Oh wait! I wanted to thank you again for listening to the Rocky Retirement Show. If you're a new listener, a good place to start is episode one sixteen. This explains the six pillars of retirement lifestyle, and our general philosophy. Episodes one through 236 can be thought of as an encyclopedia. These are topics that may or may not be interesting to you. You can listen to the ones that you're interested in and forget the rest until the issue becomes an issue for you. And that's okay. I actually don't recommend starting with episode one and working through until the most recent. That's actually not how the show was designed. Of course, if you want to do that so you can see how the show changed over time, you're welcome to. Now starting in August, actually August 31st of 2020, we changed the format of the show. The monthly episodes, starting with 237 follow a real retiree from her pre-announcement through her first year of retirement. There might be bonus episodes, but we're committed to monthly. If you've enjoyed any of our past shows or the show that you've just listened to and you want to support us, you can do so in any of the four ways. One, share this episode with a friend or family member who needs to hear it. This is the most important way that people find us since our audience is typically older, we grow by having our listeners share our episodes with others. Two, subscribe to or follow the show using whatever podcast catcher you're listening on right now now if you're listening on your computer you can listen on your smartphone by going to apple podcasts google play stitcher podcast addict iheartradio spotify i mean i believe on all of them If you can't find us on the podcast catcher that you'd like to use, send us a note on the website at rockyourretirement.com and we'll make sure that we get on your favorite podcast app. But basically what you do is you download the app and then you search for the show and when you find it, you'll hit subscribe. Make sure it's the Rock Your Retirement Show and that you hear my voice when you listen. Um, actually, there were some episodes where Henry Shapiro was a guest. Uh, we, we actually downloaded some of his episodes. So if you hear him, it's probably still the, the same show. There were maybe 34 or 35 episodes back in the beginning that we hosted on our show uh, when he decided to lead podcasting. Number three, how you can support us is by leaving a review, whatever podcast app you're listening to normally has the option of leaving a review, either a written review saying how great the show is or just with stars. Five stars is typically the best. And of course we're shooting for those five star reviews. And if you tell us why you like the show, what you liked about it, it's actually easier for other people to understand what the show's about. A lot of people, when they find our show, they think it's about money. And of course, by now, you know that it's not. Number four, if you'd like to support us financially, of course, we're always appreciative of that. Just go to rockyourretirement.com support, and it will take you to our page where you can support us financially. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time on Rock Your Retirement. Bye.